Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I'm Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Today, we are joined with... My name is Hank Malik. I live in the UK. Although I'm a global knowledge manager and uh, I've been around for over 20 years in KM and uh, lived in many areas and just coming back from sunny Amman in the Middle East. But today he is joining us from... I'm in sunny Miami. If you had to boil down all of your experience in knowledge management, what was the one thing that shocked you? The one thing that shocked me was the perception out there in the field that um, it's a cottage industry. It's a cottage industry. It's not delivering. You know, I'll, I'll say it as I've seen in 20 years experience. Um, it's a great hype, great fad. And now it's time to start delivering on the goods. Um, it's been around for a long time. What I've picked up is very much, you know, it's been a great a great thing, but now it needs to deliver. Hmm. In this COVID times, it needs to really, you know, the rubber needs to hit the road. And that's something I'm very passionate about. So is this a perception you see in a specific industry or across the board? I've been lucky enough to work for some of the biggest uh, consultancies out there. And it's something I've seen very much being called into organizations to say, you know, well, we had a KM department and it did a few good things, but it's it's not delivering. And in this, you know, this COVID epidemic times, every, every dollar counts. So, you know, we need to show where the value is really being generated. So that's something which has been quite a common occurrence. Or we've had came around for five years, 10 years. Um, we need to change the name, which is really interesting. Hmm. Let's call it something different. And I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great opportunity for us to maybe remorph ourselves, uh, change the direction, refresh ourselves. I think with digital coming now, uh, KM is a huge opportunity to really grab that. But they have to move pretty quickly. The skill sets, the personalities, the individuals, they have to wrap around that uh, because it's there's a little opening in there and I think we need to really embrace it. I see what you're saying with the with COVID being a digital capacity to jump on board and what, what are you waiting for, right? I mean, it's like yeah. from what I've seen is that some industries and some individuals, like you said, will classify knowledge management as a trendy you know, business fad that will soon be put on the shelf and overtaken by something else. But the actions of those things, yeah. if we focus on the people, process, and technology, the three main spokes of what supports KM, how does that not relate to a achievable return on investment? What's missing? Yeah, what's missing? I think it's, I think it's the tangibles. It's the it's the tangible deliverables. Um, now that's you know again, I, um, I, my background is actually learning and training as a profession, and. Uh, in hard times, it's always HR training change that's cut. On big projects, change management is the first area that gets the cut. And I think certainly with KM, it's because it's how do I relate to doing a lessons learned or a peer assist? And this is one of the biggest challenges I've, I think we have in the industry. Um, I have run a lessons learned, a peer assist, a knowledge sharing activity. Show me the bottom line. Show me how those have created, achieved a tangible outcome and benefit. And uh, I've been doing a lot of work in my last organization around that. And um, I'll come on to that later on when I talk about lessons learned. Okay. Converting something from the gray area to a tangible is one of those things that I think we lose trackability to some degree because we're not sure 
in my own experience, sometimes you're not sure how those things got connected to begin with. You know, your intent is to create a culture of knowledge sharing. Okay, great. But okay, so what does that mean? Well, it's going to take some learning. It's going to take some development. It's going to take some skills. It's going to take a little IT. It's going to take some, you yeah. know, all these parts mm-hmm. and pieces. Okay, so we do all that. Now what? So how do you okay. get to that? And I understand the lessons learned because that that's more proof in the pudding, right? That, hey, we took, we observed this. It became a best practice, and guess what? After a best practice, we're like, you know what? This is industry-wide or this is enterprise-wide. Now it's a lesson, so we have to learn it, how we have to consume it, and it has to change behavior to be a lessons learned. So I'll I'll give you a a really good example of that. Um, So as I said, I've been working for um, a large oil and gas company in the Middle East, um, in Amman, which is a beautiful part of the world. I was called in to head up their KM project because they felt, they needed to improve lessons learned in the field from major projects. Uh, oil fields, oil wells are incredibly expensive, incredibly dangerous. Um, in Amman, they deal with something called sour gas, which is highly toxic. And lessons learned have to be really captured very quickly. So the whole uh, impetus about building the KM program there was around initially lessons learned from major oil projects. Some project A to project B. Okay. Uh, and it was again aiming towards something called goal zero, which was protection of our people. Because, you know, in big mechanical engineering organizations, it's safety is the number one thing. And by the way, that's a huge opportunity for knowledge management is health and safety. Mm-hmm. Learning from incidents, so God bless, we, they, they don't happen. Uh, but serious incidents, we need to capture uh, the root cause analysis and protecting of our people, environments, and our, our social well-being. So coming from that lessons learned, um, we captured, I had a team that we went out to the field. We'd actually interview well riggers and um, guys in their big overalls. And they really appreciated it, by the way, about what worked. How did you do something? And coming out of that, now I've actually had it documented in a number of books I've written and conferences, is that we we estimated to be saving something in the region about $600 million savings from cost avoidance and cost cost reduction. one project maybe using a different chemical welding equipment or drilling head, using a different vendor who produced it in half the time, half the costs. Hey, project B could take that, save X million dollar costs and six months on development. And that's where I think the real aha moment comes in. So convincing the board that my KM project should continue, mm-hmm. once they saw these things, they could actually correlate a real value between a lesson learned, best practice, and a bottom line saving. Um, and that was, that was what I call my aha moment. <laughs> that, that's got a punch, right? I mean, that's got impact. It has, it also links with something else I call a killer app. A KM needs a killer app. It needs something which we can resonate as, you know, our thing that we, we protect, own, succeed. Uh, again, in my organization, we, we developed something called a learning knowledge base, LKB, as the domain for capturing learnings, best practices, incidents. It became so well-known that it was known across the organization, and it was synonymous with my KM team. And we then went on to win Global Mic Awards, recognition, and again, having ownership of a, of a killer app. Yeah. It's just something else I throw out to the KM community. There seems to be a unfocused effort, in my experience, of knowledge management in different pockets of success, dependent upon personality, dependent upon industry, dependent upon a lot of things. But in a uniformed across-the-board approach, 
seems to still lack. Why? Well, it's great. Okay, Do we need no. a union? Do we have to have a union? Come on. You know, this comes back to, um, I, I, I'm a great advocate of, you know, the, the new standard ISO 3041, and um, I'm fully supporting of that. I know some of the gurus out there who I know very well, and they've been on, <laughs> they've been on your podcasts are vehemently against it. Um, but again, I think I'll be open with this. This is moving us out of this cottage industry. Yeah into something which is yeah, consistent exactly. and something which has. Um, yes. So again, um, I, I've worked on a number of big lean projects, Six Sigma projects. That's where they get it. You know, that's where it goes across the organization. So I think as you come back to it, it, it needs that's it needs a consistent standardized approach. Having a little KM uh, object of uh, KM business in the organization won't fly. You, in this day and age, it needs to be integrated. I totally agree, uh, but I've asked this question by other folks in the industry around the world, and it seems to me there's a bipolarism with KM application. It's either got to be completely enterprise level, everybody's doing it, it's integrated, it's it's yeah. it's an ecosystem, or we just got to do it in little bits. We're going to have a yeah. uh, this little department mm -hmm. over here will yep. do knowledge management. Maybe everybody else will yep. see value and they'll adopt. Well, that's that's a good case. Again, coming back to the example of the learning knowledge base, we piloted in one project first. We, so we did a little pilot okay. to ensure that it worked. Um, and after we had success and we got real tangible, sorry, I come back to it. I sound like an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, revenues coming out of this, it then expanded. Um, but you need to have that proof of, uh, you know, I always call it the KM 100 days, you know, you need to make your impact in the first 100 days. I like that. So when I hire a, a KM contractor or consultant, you know, I I, I look for that. I, and they, he or she needs to make an impact in 100 days to me or it's, it's not flying. You just brought up the fact that you're in the market for hiring and using KM people. Are you going to try to get to an ISO certified practitioner? Um, I, I, I think. I mean, I, I, we're set for that now. Now that we've got KM yep. as a standard, why not? Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm I'm looking to uh, to support that. Absolutely, uh, I'm talking to a number of organizations. Um, uh, there's there's still a little lot of confusion about certification out there. Um, uh, being in the Middle East, uh, we've we've had a number of cases where. Um, Organizations claim they've been certified, um, but when we drill down as to, to where that was or who's done that, it's still a little, little bit of gray area. But um, no, I'm absolutely a, an advocate of that. And it can, it can only be a good thing. Um, I, I know there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, discussion on that, but um, it shouldn't be a threat to our, or it should be an opportunity. I totally agree. I think it'll help professionalize it across a lot of different borders and mm -hmm. bring it to a center yeah a hinge point that could carry a lot of weight. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I agree. Good. <laughs> so my question is this, is what's your definition of knowledge management? What's my definition of knowledge management? I think I call it the three C's. Actually, I came from Lotus, which again, maybe on another podcast, I could tell you my history because it's, <laughs> it's actually quite, it's quite interesting. Lotus, does that ring a bell with you? Oh yeah. They were way ahead of the game, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I call it the three C's. One is around, Collaboration, it's absolutely collaboration. Um, it, it, we need to be able to collaborate and, and connect our people. The second around um, communities, so communities of practices. And the third actually is around content. You, you, you can't have the other two without the content level. 
and that's the that's that's the area of assets. It's pretty dry from the most knowledge. It turns most knowledge managers yeah, off. Right. You need that data information level. So that's the three C's, and I'm actually doing a little piece of work around how many C's I can find. In. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up to about ten at the moment. <laughs> out of that three C theory, so the content is where the richness is, right? That's where the all that possibility can exist. I'm drinking your Kool-Aid. <laughs> I've, I've worked in a lesson learned field and it's easy to extract. It's easy to collect digital yes. dump yep. of stuff, but how yep. do you consume it? How do you prove it? How do you? Well, that, that's, that's a really interesting question because this is um exactly where digital comes in. This is where the promise of machine learning, deep learning, artificial intelligence comes into this. Um, so I, I was talking to a couple of organizations in uh, Dubai about their analytical tools. So, for example, um, in, the, in the former company I worked, the Lessons Learned database was now about 8,000 learnings. The promise of artificial intelligence being able to scan those learnings and coming up with patterns, you know, very quickly through cognitive search, cognitive discovery, that's where I think there's real excitement about bringing content into the digital world. So they can identify trends and patterns, which the, 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 the standard knowledge manager just wouldn't have the time no. or the capability. No. And linked in with that is um, I'm, I, I'm quite a strong advocate about certification, competency development, training. The knowledge manager, to, I would be brutal to say to survive, needs to become a data scientist and a digital advocate and has to maybe unlearn to learn again and, and embrace those digital skills. Um, Otherwise, there's a fear that we'll be left on the shelf. Um, uh, heaven, heaven forbid, do I say it, with librarians and uh, you know information uh, archivists. So I think there's a huge opportunity for us to embrace this, maybe into competencies, into training, training plans um, for the digital world. I know a lot of the companies in the uh, in the, the Far East and in the Indian subcontinent, the big players. Um, I won't mention the names. They're now morphing their KM departments into KM digital, digital knowledge management. Mm. It's happening across the three big players. It's the KM standards, but it's now wrapped with digital. Mm -hmm. And I see the big consultancies doing the same thing um, in, in, the, in the West. I'm working with a tool called K-Hub. It's coming out of the UK. It's a wonderful tool. Um, it's a cloud-based tool that was funded by the UK government. Um, it was predominantly for, for federal, uh, local, and central governments. Now, I'm introducing that in the, in the Middle East. But it's a, it's a very, very cost-effective tool for building communities. I think there's some really exciting opportunities there, um, working with different organizations, education. So I'm working with young professional networks and with um, college interims. So I think there's real opportunities for um, bringing this, this, this on, on, onto, onto board. Thank you, Hank. I appreciate your passion and your fever that you bring to this. It is wonderful to see. No, that's, that's a pleasure. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax-exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer-ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.